This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, January 20th, 2019. Life Candy Dum Dums. So, good morning, Connection Church. Right here at the Everett Theater. God is with us wherever we are. Amen. 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 My name's Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, thank you so much for today. The Holy Spirit is here. We praise your name. Settle us in now. And if there's anybody that shows up in that parking lot on 100 West Green Street, Lord, help them read the sign to just show up here. And, Lord, we are just thankful that you held off the rain and that we have this place to worship in. Amen. We give you all the honor and the glory in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said... Amen. 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 Dum dums. <laughs> All right, I'm talking about the lollipop, the spherical lollipop. So, kids, if you're here, I see some of you. You were given a whiteboard. Does any kid? Now, this isn't for adults. This is for kids. <laughs> First grade uh, over, over what age? We'd rather grade. age that if out there. If you do not have a whiteboard, first grade through fifth grade, raise your hand. Okay, I think everybody has one. All right, first grade through fifth grade, we have an assignment for you. So we'll let you know what it is as we go along. The first thing we want you to do is draw a lollipop, okay? So dum-dums. <laughs> they originated <Not> <laughs> yeah, from the Akron Candy Company in Ohio way back in 1924. There was a guy named I.G. Barr. He was the sales manager of the company that named them, and he thought that dum-dum was an easy word to say. Actually, it might be a little too easy sometimes. <laughs> they thought it was a phrase that a child could say. All right, so kids, not a good expression to use. Adults, not a good expression to use. In 1953, dum-dums were purchased by the current owner, the Spangler Candy Company. So for us, the term dum-dum is more than an expression that's easy for a child to say. Even though it's not particularly nice, we use this expression at times to refer to someone, as you well know, who's maybe not real bright, uh, someone who may have some challenges, someone who maybe perhaps is foolish even. Yeah. And so today the Dum Dum Lollipop functions in this series, this candy series. We're doing life candy. Today the Dum Dum Lollipop functions as our focus for our message on foolishness and wisdom, a, a message on those who are foolish and those who are wise. And so kids, on your whiteboard, write two words, foolish and wise. Foolish Actually, and we wise. had them say it. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, let's just say it then. Foolish and wise, yeah. I didn't hear it. Much better. All okay, right. Good. There's a guy named Dr. Henry Cloud. He's really a, an awesome clinical psychologist. He's written some really great books. 
and he's a Christ follower, and he has a lot to say about wisdom and uh, foolishness and how they go together or not. So he says this, the wise person. Wise doesn't mean smartest, brightest, or most talented. While wisdom may coexist with these traits, having wisdom means many things. It comes from experience, and to let experience do its work, a person has to be open to receiving the lessons that it has to teach. The person who ultimately does well is the one who can learn from his own experience or the experience of others, make that learning a part of himself or herself, and then deliver results from that experience base. Here's the important part. But the bottom line with a wise person is that they're open to feedback. It helps the wise, and they value it. If a person is willing to take feedback, you will likely get your return on investment. Mm. On the other hand, we have the foolish person. Everybody say foolish. foolish. Very good. If the chief descriptor of the wise person is that when the light shows up, he or she looks at it, receives it, joins it, and adjusts their behavior to align with the light, the fool does just the opposite. He or she rejects the feedback, resists it, explains it away, and does nothing to adjust to meet its requirements. This person is never wrong. They somebody might else, know somebody like that. Somebody else is. You, if, you, if you don't know somebody that like that, you might be the one somebody else is thinking of right now. Ouch. Oh, Ouch. Whereas talking about a problem to a wise person helps, it's time to quit talking about that problem with the foolish person and time to have a different conversation. And that's because you have to take steps to protect what is important to you. And that's the mission, uh, the, your, what's important to you, the mission, or other people. You got to give limits that stop the collateral damage of their refusal to change. And where appropriate, even give consequences that will cause them to feel the pain of their choice not to listen. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, I, I don't know about you, but Dr. Cloud hits just a little bit close to home when he talks about the foolish person. How often have I thought that I knew it all? How often have I thought that maybe the other person was wrong, not me? How often have I rejected um, input offered by others, someone with more knowledge or more experience than me, only to discover later that they really did know what they were talking about, and I didn't. I guess the only wisdom in all of that is that if we're able to realize that and realize that we kind of need more wisdom if we realize our foolish ways. I can ditto everything Carrie just said for myself. <laughs> ditto. <laughs> All right, so right now, turn to the person next to you, whether it's your kid or your per, per, anybody that's next to you, and just talk for a moment about what it means, what wise means to you, and what foolish means to you. Ready, go. <laughs> 
All right. Thank you. So there's a, uh, a book we like to refer to on Sunday, but actually every day. It's a book called The Bible Kids. Draw a Bible. Draw a Bible. Now, there's a book within the Bible found in the Old Testament, that first part of the Bible, has a lot to say about wisdom and foolishness. It's, it's written by King Solomon, who the Bible tells us was the wisest as well as the richest person who ever lived. It's called the book of Proverbs, right? Now, in this book, we find proverb after proverb, that they, and they give insight into wisdom and foolishness. Here, here are a few examples. Proverbs 14.1, the wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears hers down. Proverbs 12.15, the way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. And then Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, this is one that many of us use and actually claim as one of our life verses. Say it with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. And so as evidenced by that last example, what we find as we read through the Proverbs is it's kind of a broader definition of wisdom, a deeper definition. The, the wise person is not just someone who's open to feedback from others and makes adjustments accordingly. The wise person is the one who lives according to God's direction and instruction. For example, Proverbs 2, 6, for the Lord gives wisdom. Hey, kids, say wisdom. Very good. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth. I'm sorry, the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Proverbs 9.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Hey, kids, say wisdom. Very good. Yeah. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. We really find an interesting insight into wisdom near the end of the New Testament in a letter written by James. I love the book of James. James was a biological brother of Jesus. Here's what James has to say about wisdom. James 3 verses 13 through 18. Who is wise and understanding among you? And it looks like kids write the word wisdom. Who is wise and understanding among, among you? Let them show it by their good life by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. From where, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder, and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Mm. The writer here, James, he would say, don't just tell me, show me. 
You know, his motto throughout this, this letter, throughout this epistle is, don't just talk the talk, you got to walk the walk. A person shows wisdom then by the good life they lead, by doing deeds in the humility that comes from wisdom. James tells the actions that accompany wisdom, and these are the actions that are pleasing to God. Not once in a while, but in our day-to-day living. Living a life that is God-centered, God-focused, God-pleasing. That's what the wise person does, according to James. And then we have the insight into wisdom and foolishness given by James' brother, Jesus. Jesus offers wonderful insight in the way of a parable, a short story that offers a greater truth. We find it at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, an extended mountainside teaching of Jesus that's found in chapters 5 through 7 in the book of Matthew. All right, so those of you with whiteboards, we want you to draw a picture of Jesus (laughs) oh no (laughs) was that an adult or a kid (laughs) oh no (laughs) was that you guys back there okay (laughs) all right i want to see your picture (laughs) davis and logan have my mom take a picture of this after we're done with her phone oh no (laughs) all right so draw a picture of jesus on a mountainside teaching God's people. Oh, it's okay. a trifecta. Here we go. <laughs> Here's the parable of the foolish and wise builders. Here we go. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall. Say fall. fall. Say did not fall. Because it had a foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man. Say foolish man. Foolish there you go. Who built his house on the sand. Say sand. sand. Yeah. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell with a great crash. There you got it for today. The stomp clap. Okay. So here Jesus draws an example from the everyday because he was talking to everyday people. He is so practical in his teaching at times. Now, sometimes I'm like, what did he just say? But in this one, it's pretty clear. He's not preaching some deep theology here. He's not taking his listeners or followers on this spiritual adventure that's so difficult. No. In this particular teaching, he's like really down to earth giving the nuts and bolts of wisdom and foolishness. And so, first of all, what Jesus says is, we must hear what he's saying. In other words, we got to listen. If we don't listen, we're not going to catch what he's telling us. We can't follow Jesus if we don't first hear what he tells us. But then we must also put it into practice. Kind of sounds like his brother James there. Listening to what Jesus says and then just going about our business as if he hadn't said anything is a uh-huh, foolish thing to do. Wisdom comes from heeding the advice of others, and in this case, heeding the advice of the Son of God. Hello. Hearing the words, then putting them into practice. 
And then he paints a really practical example of what he's talking about. He's talking about building on rock versus sand, right? Logan and Davis, here's another assignment. Wait a minute, are you done with the mountain yet? Are you done with the mountainside? You can erase that. All right, everybody who's got whiteboards, draw two houses. One built on rock and one built on sand. That should be interesting. All right, have you ever seen a house built on sand? There was a, you know, when a severe storm comes, it is a disaster. I remember a lot of years ago now, in Bethany Beach, there was a super bad storm. I think a hurricane came through, and we went down to look at the damage. Uh, what was left. What was left, and we saw where a house was on sand and just a pipe sticking out. I mean, the house was gone because it was built on sand. It did not last long. No. So let's be real here. Sooner or later, the storms of life come. Can I get an amen? amen. Yeah, I, th I thought we were probably all on the same page there. Sooner or later, they all come beating against us, trying to tear us down, trying to make us collapse, trying to bring us to our knees, right? Yeah, it's kind of a universal. We've had those storms, <laughs> and we're sure you have too. And we face them more than once or twice. I'm not sure it's have, or had, I think it's have right now. We, we have and are and will continue. Yeah. Nobody's immune to the storms of life. I don't care who you are. As, as we read in Matthew 5, verse 45, that's at the, near the beginning of this same Sermon on the Mount, this extended uh, teaching of Jesus on the mountainside there. Um, the rain, he says, falls on both the just and the unjust. You know, it doesn't pick and choose. The rain falls across the board. Stuff happens to us all, and at, at some time or another, <laughs> we're going to get it. And the thing is, if we've built our lives on the shifting sand of our own accomplishments, on the shifting sand of public opinion and public approval, on the shifting sand of pride and ego, on the shifting sand of what we have, what, where we work, where we live, on the shifting sand of looking out for me, and making sure I have a good time and the heck with everybody else. If we face the storms of life from, from these perspectives, well, like the house built on the sand, things are going to collapse, aren't they? Yeah, you can guarantee it. Destruction will occur. Disaster will be, prevail. It'll be a mess, in a word. We've seen that with people, and you have too. Uh, and maybe uh, at times we've been to people. <laughs> Uh, it's been us. Lives built on everything but a relationship with Jesus Christ are going to end up failing. On the other hand, a wise person not only builds his or her house, their house on rock, but they build their life on the rock as well, on Jesus Christ. The rock of having a relationship who loves you oh so much. The rock of the one believing in the one who allowed himself to go all the way to the cross, hang on the cross to die for you and for me, and raised three days later so that we could have life eternally here on earth and in heaven so that we could have a relationship forever with Jesus. Building our life 
on the rock, the one who gives us life. I came to bring you life. I am life. That's what Jesus says. I am the life. Something for us to remember all the time. And in that life, God offers us forgiveness and the ability to forgive others through Jesus. Grace. Peace. Love. Mm. As Gary shared earlier, and I dittoed, you know, we've been foolish. Time not listening to others. The, the, the worldly definition of foolish, not listening to others, not taking advice. And times we've been wise. We have listened to advice. But we've also been foolish in, in, in this definition, the God-centered definition of foolish. You know, before we first got married, we, we, we thought we were Christ followers. We grew up in church. We, we did those things. When we first got married, I would have to say for the most part, we were pretty foolish by that godly definition. We didn't rely on God for our decisions. We didn't we didn't search out uh, the Holy Spirit to guide us. We didn't uh, look to Jesus for all things. We were extremely foolish, and we paid a very high price for that. And I think somewhere around 1987, things started to change. We had a, um, a Bible study at church called Disciple One. Uh, we went on a weekend retreat that was uh, just very, gosh, Christ-centered, and it and just kind of drew us out. In fact, I think that year, 87, was kind of the beginning of the roots of us ending up going into ministry, if we really look back and look at it. But it's more than just ministry. It was the beginning of us relying on Jesus Christ for who we are, what we were going to do, how we were going to raise our family, how we were going to run our household. Started looking to praying about decisions, even small decisions. What kind of a car to buy? Where should we live? What, those kind of decisions. Much wiser to pray in that direction than some of the prayers we'd offered before, which were rather foolish. And so bit by bit by bit, we, we, gave, we gave more and more of ourselves over to God, to Christ, to the Holy Spirit. You know, first it was our thoughts, then it was our heart, then it was our soul. Probably the last thing was our wallets. <laughs> but even finally, we, we turned to tithing and we realized how foolish we had been all those years, not living on the 90, giving God the 10, when we came to realize it was all God's to start with, and all, all he wanted to do was let us keep a nine-tenths of it and to remember him with just a small little piece. And that was one of the wisest decisions we've ever made because all of a sudden money wasn't as important, wasn't as threatening, wasn't as uh, uh, much of a, a stopper as it had been, and by doing that, freedom came, the freedom to be generous, the freedom to not have to worry the freedom to know that, that God's going to care for us. And so, uh, little bit by little bit, we, we were able to be a little bit wiser. I'm not saying we're absolutely wise and we never are foolish anymore. Well, we continue to be, to be somewhat foolish because we don't completely and absolutely rely on God like we should. But we've been able to come along <laughs> a little further than we were because we do seek God. We do look for His, His direction Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in a lot more things than we used to. Yeah. So, having a personal relationship with Jesus and allowing the Holy Spirit to guide our decisions is critical. And that's new birth when we accept Christ. Mm. Christ. And the Holy Spirit resides in you. And so you're never, ever stranded. 
in anything. But that personal relationship with Jesus does not magically keep us from the storms of life. And they come to all of us. And at times, the wise are able to avoid the storms that come from making foolish decisions, from foolish behavior. But sometimes storms are absolutely unavoidable. They happen. Like the rains in the parable that Jesus shared, And the question is, are we going to face the storms alone? Who's on your team to face the storms? Who's on your team? First of all, Jesus needs to be the the, the one. What what is that in sports terms? Like the coach? The what? Like the master. I don't know. (laughs) Jesus is it. But surround yourself with other people on your team. Personally, we have found that facing our lives, our storms with Christ, first of all, but surrounding ourselves with others who are Christ followers to speak their wisdom into our lives is crucial. Hmm. So the question of the morning is this, how about you? Wise or foolish? Rock or sand? Who are you going to build your life on, yourself or Jesus Christ? Hey, kids, on your whiteboard, paint a, uh, draw a picture of you and Jesus together. There you go. That's a picture we all ought to have in our minds, isn't it? Yeah. We strongly, we strongly encourage each and every one here to not be a dum-dum, <laughs> to choose Jesus Christ. Choose him today. If you haven't before, it doesn't take a lot. (laughs) Admit you're a sinner in need of a Savior. Recognize that you can't save yourself. Look to Jesus to forgive your sin. Invite him into your life. An important thing, take note of what day it is. What's this, January 20th, 2019? That's going to be an important date. That's your new birthday. That's your rebirth day the day you took Jesus into your life. Remember, it's not a one-time thing, though, everybody here. It's important on a daily basis to remember who you are, whose you are, and to never, ever stop inviting Jesus into your life, a life built on the rock of Jesus instead of the shifting sand of self. If you have any joys or concerns today, or if you want to talk to somebody and have them pray with you about your relationship with Jesus, Lynn is right back. She's waving her hand. She is right back over there. That's going to be our prayer corner, and she would love to pray with you. All right, whoever's sitting next to the kids who have pictures that they drew of themselves and Jesus, get your cell phones out. Take a picture of that because we want to see them. And send it to connect at connectioncc.org so that we can have a record of today. Connection Church, we've been talking about rock and sand, and we pray that you build your life on the rock of Jesus Christ. That's the good news of the scripture. Let's believe it and let's live it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you so much for... 
your word found in scripture, for the wisdom. The Bible has everything we need to live life. And while other books are helpful, they are not really the book that we should be looking at. We need to be looking at the Bible, your word, to guide our lives. Thank you for coming into our life to save our life. Thank you for surrounding us with people who are wise, who can speak into our lives and hold us accountable to living the way you would want us to live. And God, at the end of the day and at the beginning of the day and everything in between, help us stand in Christ alone. For it's in his name that we pray, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And everybody agreed and said, Amen. Let's stand and worship the one true God. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.